Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? It's Kevin. And this is John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we're taking a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of... <laughs> Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But... As always, we're coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as many times as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, hey. I am super excited to be tackling this brand new movie. Oh my gosh. I think of all the ones that have been reviewed on the show to date, maybe of all the ones we will ever do, <laughs> this is the most quintessential example of the over the top 80s and 90s action movie. Now, we're not talking about over the top. No, we're talking about it's like a truck. We're talking about the 1985. Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle commando. It it epitomizes the genre and the excess of that time. Yes. In every way. Top it's, to bottom. It is absolutely incredible. It's directed by Mark L. Lester, mm-hmm. who directed Firestarter and then a whole bunch of terrible movies. Some unmemorable stuff. Yeah. That's just, wow. Yep. <laughs> um, as we said, stars the man himself, the icon, the figurehead, Arnold. As the the unlikely named John Matrix. <laughs> John Matrix. Never in the history of Earth has there been anyone <laughs> named John Matrix. Not one time. <laughs> Honey, don't forget the matrices are coming over for dinner tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, nope. no one's ever been named Matrix. If no. you're if you know anyone with the surname Matrix, please, please put us in touch with that person. Yes, please. I need to meet them. I need to know what their muscles are like. Um, <laughs> yeah, so by this time he'd done Terminator, uh Conan Flicks, Red Sonia, but this was like his first like let's put him in a focal point of an like of an action right i think that you can't call this a film i'm sorry i take uh, it back don't don't (laughs) it's a flick (laughs) i think yeah the the story goes that the head of fox just had seen you know terminator as everyone had seen terminator and was like this guy is a phenomenon he's got it like we gotta find something for him to do show me all the action scripts that we have, and we'll we'll drop him into something. Um, it also stars some other heavy hitters, Bill Duke, who we yes. may know as Mac from Predator. Yeah, he he plays another monosyllabic name, Cook. Cook, <laughs> absolutely. There's Vernon Wells, who was Wex in a Mad Max Two slash The Road Warrior. Do you remember him from um, Weird Science and Inner Space? Who, the, Vernon Wells? Yeah. No. Yeah. He was, he what was had, he doing? Another bad guy? Yeah, he was like bad guy roles in both of those as well. He's built to play a villain. Yeah. And he was, 
if you don't know who Wex is, he was Mr. Pink Mohawk assless chaps. And you remember that ass. In, uh, <laughs> in Road Warrior. An incredible character. Yeah. Um, Ray Don Chong, the Tommy's female daughter. lead. Yep, Tommy Chong's daughter. <laughs> I don't know if this was her first movie. Um, I don't know if it was her first one or not. She, You may recognize her if you've ever seen Color Purple. She plays um, Squeak. She was also in the extraordinarily racist Soul Man. Oh, shit. Okay. Do you remember that, that movie? I, I've never seen it, but I know of it. Oh, my God. Infamous. Yeah, it's, yeah. A movie that never should have been made. Ever, ever. Um, There's also David Patrick Kelly, who I love as Slimeball Jerry Horn on Twin Peaks. He's awesome in this as Sully. Sully, who for the longest time I thought his name was supposed to be Sally. And then it was just <laughs> Arnold's accent, Sully. <laughs> and then we've also got um, Dan Hedaya, who's basically been in every movie ever made. <laughs> Here rocking a Hispanic accent as deposed military dictator Arius. Oh, and... Young Alyssa Milano. That's right. She's 12 or 13 here, probably. I think she was probably already doing Who's the Boss? I think so, yeah. At yeah. this point. But yeah, she was playing John Matrix's daughter, Jenny Matrix. Your precocious <laughs> badass. <laughs> um, written by Stephen D'Souza, who you will here he is recognize again. that name from this That's podcast. Right, he's back. Um, man, this dude was cranking out he action all flicks. all over the place. And the story was from Jeff Loeb and Matthew Wiseman, who wrote Teen Wolf together. I freaking love Teen Wolf, dude. Yeah, that's Michael a great J. Fox. movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Another just eight, seminal 80s movie, but it's, it's wonderful. like this and Teen Wolf don't have a whole lot of like common threads. Yeah. Like as far as <laughs> what these guys, they either had a lot of range to what they would work on or they were just whatever. Exactly. Um, it was uh, made on a budget of $10 million, produced by Joel Silver and Silver Pictures, who by this time had done like Brewster's Millions and Weird Science, which had both done well. But Commando was really like the biggest hit they had okay. in the first two years. It, and it grossed over $57 million at the box office. And it features a very eclectic score from James Horner. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, of course, is known for Titanic, but he's also responsible for favorites like Braveheart, Glory, and Willow. The soundtrack to Glory is amazing. All those movies are great. But Academy the, Award winner? Um, James Horner? I, I feel like he is. I'm not sure. Um, Titanic had to have gotten but one. He's, he's probably in the, like, the top five greatest still active composers with like John Williams and Hans yeah. Zimmer and those guys. Yeah. He's Howard crushing Shore. it. Yeah. His movies are, are legendary. So there's some preliminary info for your guys asses before we get started. <laughs> uh, the movie's short, the pace is frenetic to say the very least. Um, so we had to pat it out a little bit. With some background info. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Let's get to the plot. Let's though. This get plot in here. Is bonkers. Um, I just want to, before we start, I do want to like read a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I, I read you a little okay. bit earlier from this, this, uh, Right up that this dude, Matt Zoller Zeitz, wrote on RogerEber.com. The opening sentence refers to Commando as being a perfect engine of meaningless destruction. <laughs> and I think we'll just start from there. <laughs> yeah, that's that is accurate. <laughs> um, so uh, we open with a garbage truck rolling through like a suburban neighborhood. Right. You got a guy on either side, like on the back, like you see normally when a garbage truck. Yeah, is rolling it's like a very mundane opening. Um, one, one might notice that the truck doesn't stop to get any garbage <laughs> and in fact that they're doing garbage cans at the ends of anyone's driveway it's not, so it's technically not trash it's day not which trash we're day. gonna find out but um <laughs> yeah a man and woman awaken in bed mm -hmm. you know he's pointing out like it's not garbage day but maybe they changed the schedule yeah they've 
garbage truck is loud. It's woken them both up. Yeah. The, and the, the wife or girlfriend, whoever she is suggests it's like, Oh, it's the, it's the different day. <laughs> <laughs> so he, our guy reluctantly rolls out of bed. I'm like, man, fuck, fuck the trash. That's my <laughs> policy. Like I've woken up mornings and heard the truck outside and be like, yeah, that can wait until next I'm week. I'm going to make it. I've never raced out of bed to, yeah. to chase down the trash, man. Well, I laughed here because I don't know anyone that keeps a full bag of stinky garbage that has been <laughs> removed from the trash can and just left it sitting there on the kitchen floor. He scoops up the litter box and dumps the litter box some in newspapers and then he's got and some other trash. I know. My I would say, were, dude, that woman that he was with, though, smoking. She's beautiful. He yeah. was like a fairly schlubby dude. Yeah. And or, she was, I'm like, that's yet another reason I'm not getting out of that bed until it's, <laughs> until it's mandatory. I'm just saying Jeff and Gina, my, my folks would not have tolerated the trash being left on the kitchen oh, floor. It was like that. Yeah. You had to get it outside, man. <laughs> um, so the garbage trucks backing into the cul-de-sac as he runs down the driveway, hands full of trash cans. <laughs> it's a, yeah. He's chasing after him and he's like, Oh, Oh, I was afraid you'd miss me. Uh, yeah. The collectors turn to the truck and pull out some, Uzis, and the one that has been wearing a mask that uh, he removes it and reveals himself to be Cook Bill Duke's character, and says, yep. "Don't worry, we won't." <laughs> and they got him down, and he's hail all, of bullets. Yeah, just he's dead. There we go. The 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 pace or the tone of the movie has been set from there. Yeah, he's he's shot to shit. Yeah, and then just to be sure. And they, shoot oh, he walks up more. and shoots him some more. Yeah, absolutely. They they emptied magazines on yeah. him. So they jump on the truck and roll away. Death number one. All right. Cut to Cadillac showroom. <laughs> uh, the salesman there is showing Cook a, a nice Cadillac. Now, this is American workmanship. Did yeah. the Japanese invented that? Bullshit. <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, we lost it for a while, but we got it back. Uh, oh. uh, it was kind of weird. He kept, the salesman kept calling him brother. Yeah. He's like, Oh, look at you're not going to you're going to love this car, brother. He's like, no, you don't want leather. You want vinyl. What are you? You're a vinyl, leather or cloth seat guy. Uh, my me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a, I would go for leather if I had my choice. I've right. had leather before. Now I'm on cloth and it's I sometimes miss the leather. But man, when it's hot outside, that leather can be brutal. Yeah, it can be. I live in Houston. I have Oof. to use my sun visor a lot. Keep but it yeah, all the all that brother talk. I don't know. It, it kind of came off as like this dude's trying really too hard to like maybe to get down maybe to like talk some jive. <laughs> but cook, I like Cadillacs. I, I like Cadillacs. <laughs> it was a great line. He cranks the engine up, and the salesman's like, "Yeah, man, listen to that power." <laughs> and then he's like, "You know what I like best about?" Yeah, he's like, "What's that?" The price. Ooh, yeah. He throws it in reverse and floors it, hitting the guy, busting through like a, a steel partition in a yep. glass window and leaving this guy's body, we presume, dead on the yeah. pavement. It's like in my mind, there's that doesn't seem like a mortal injuries you'd get from that. I mean, it would jack you up, maybe break a leg. Yeah. But, but I just don't see it as being deadly. But I think in that. He's dead. Yeah. In the scheme of the story, it wouldn't really matter if he was dead or if he'd just been attacked. It works either way. It would have almost been a perfect murder slash car theft if he had not like slung the back fender against that truck as he was trying to <laughs> leave. That annoyed me. I was like, really ruin that Cadillac. Oh, anyway. And now we're on the pier where we got Bennett slash uh, Vernon Wells. Yeah. He's like getting on a fishing boat. 
And we see we we see a shot, a side view of Diaz, who's the other hitman from the garbage murder. Yeah. So we had Cook. Now we know that this other guy's name is Diaz. And uh, Bennett sees both of these guys sort of like scoping him out. And he smirks at him, strangely. It was like a knowing grin. Yeah, it's like... It was yeah. like either... Well, you don't quite know what it means. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so he, he does a lot of smirking in this movie, yeah. Bennett. <laughs> that's that's his, his go-to his move. <laughs> so he jumps in the boat. He starts it up, and he starts to pull away from the from the pier. Right, right, right. And then Cook produces a, a comically oversized remote control <laughs> from I don't know where. And starts operating pulls an RC antenna, car. Tells, pulls the long <laughs> antenna out and, like, you know, he's getting ready to blow the boat up or whatever. We're seeing Bennett... Like cut to Bennett in the boat. Right. Cut back to him hitting the button and the and the boat goes up in like a ball of flames. So that's three quick murders by these same two perpetrators. Yeah. yeah Something's absolutely. afoot. Something is afoot. These hitmen are killing guys in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh. <laughs> So somewhere in the mountains, Kevin, a man is doing manly things. There's there are boots. There's a chainsaw. There are muscles, which at first I was like, that's not a very clear shot of a muscle. It's like, what is that? What is that? It's just a it's just a bicep. It's it's a bulging. There's bulging, sweaty muscles on display. It becomes clear that it's the swole ass bicep uh, of John Matrix, whose nickname could only be motherfucking. <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> John he's, Matrix. He's carrying a tree on his sh- shoulder it's and a the chainsaw. the largest log that any human has ever carried. Yeah. We, we also should mention here that this is the first appearance of the movie's theme by James Horner. He's, he's given us this very, like, eclectic, weird, like, international instrument <laughs> consortium all playing this weird melody led by like a steel drum riff yeah, steel drum and pan flute that much like this yeah it's like there's um japanese uh shakuhachi there's like a synthesized sitar in the background <laughs> and you've got steel drums and saxophones i mean and it's, it's bonkers and you get this driving like synth bass so I don't know. It's it's it basically plays for the entire movie, and the, like the movie, it's intense uh-huh. but uh, repetitive and predictable. <laughs> it's almost identical to the score that Horner did in Forty Eight Hours. Oh yeah, like, yeah, almost identical. In fact, we should listen side by side once we're done here and see because I think it might be the same. Given all the like international instruments and stuff, I was like, maybe it's supposed to represent Matrix being. I don't know, a man of the world. He's been all over. I don't know. I picture a world in which Horner went in and saw which which session musicians weren't busy on anything else. <laughs> and like, then we, like, all right, you guys come with me. I got a steel drummer. <laughs> he's, he's my lead. Yep. So we see Arnold, his hair in this movie, Kevin, crew cut up top, <laughs> long on the sides and kind of slicked back. Is that and a good look? It's spiky. Yeah, he spiked it on top and he slicked the sides and the back down. I like my brother and I, we rocked high and tight crew cuts when we were kids. Uh, yeah. But this is like high and thick. <laughs> it's like high and long. <laughs> That's it, awesome. It's so high weird. And long. <laughs> weird. Um, and it, this sequence is basically muscle porn. Oh, yeah. Like it's just showing off muscles. I don't even think we don't see Schwarzenegger's face. For the first, you know, right. 30 it, seconds or so of a montage of muscles. Right. It's it basically when he stops at the top of the hill with the log on his shoulder to survey his domain, which is this badass log cabin. 
Yes. With three lit fireplaces. <laughs> no one knows why. Three, There's smoke there's, coming out of three chimneys. That's awesome. Jenny Matrix is a pyromaniac. Yeah. <laughs> He's burning it's, everything. It's perched on the side of the mountains in like uh, near LA. Yeah, it's awesome. The it's San awesome. Gabriel Mountains, I think. Yeah, it's Mount Baldy. Yeah. He said, yeah, I would kill for this spread. Like, no, it's, it's amazing. It's epic. Oh, oh, dude. All right. So, in early drafts of this, before they made it a, a Schwarzenegger vehicle, it was going to be this Matrix character was going to be an older guy. Okay. It was written for Gene Simmons of Kiss to star in. What? I don't know why. I don't know how. Gene Simmons had maybe done one other movie. What? At that point. I don't, I don't understand it, but like he, I'm having a stroke. Then they, then they tried to, to slot Nick Nolte into it. Okay. The idea was that he was going to be more like a retired, like an over the hill Mil- ex military military guy. guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's fucking bonkers. So, but yeah, the, the head of Fox said, this guy's Schwarzenegger. He's the shit. Let's like just retool he is it. The future. The future is now. Exactly. So they rewrote the, the older guy to be a younger Arnold. Okay. The writer, Steven D'Souza hooked up with Schwarzenegger and was like, let's go through all the dialogue <laughs> and we'll, we'll make it things that are easier for you to say. Sure. That and, makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Because most times studio execs didn't want Arnold talking at all. So the night before filming started, the director, Mark Lester, was having dinner with Arnold. And Arnold asked Lester if he was scared. <laughs> and and Lester said no. And then Arnold, like, confessed that he was terrified. Oh, like, that's that sweet. He, yeah, I that, think he was nervous. Like, he, this was his... He said Arnold loved it because this was the first movie that he was doing where he didn't have to play what he called either a caveman yeah. or a robot. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this was a chance where he's like, I get to be a guy who, with a family and, like, a, a just a real person, like a warm character. What a what a nice sentiment. What a Can great story. Can you imagine story. our muscle man being nervous? I just, I love the thought of him, like timidly confessing to the director that he's kind of nervous about I this. I love that story. Thank you for telling me that. Absolutely. Puts the, puts the movie in a whole new light. <laughs> Doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> it might make it worse. <laughs> um, but well, now we can, if anything sucks, we can say, well, Arnold was nervous. He was just a little nervous. <laughs> um, back on the homestead, though, Matrix yeah. is like chopping wood. Right. And a shadowy figure is approaching from behind. Right. So Matrix, he sees the reflection of the approaching person in the in the blade of the Always axe. Always keep your axe pristinely polished. Very polished. <laughs> high, high gloss. High gloss. Um, so he's getting ready to take a swing, and then he whirls around and scoops up Jenny Matrix, his daughter. And suddenly the beginning of this movie becomes the, the opening intro section for like a family sitcom. Oh, absolutely. It is about a single dad and his daughter. I wonder where <laughs> mom is. Do you have a theory? Uh, I feel like she died. Oh, I know. It's tragedy. Yeah. That's the only thing that really makes sense, I yeah. guess. Otherwise, they might she, she might get mentioned at least. I feel like she, yeah, she got sick. That's <sighs> the only thing I can think of. Anyway, they they tickle fight, they chase each other, <laughs> they get ice cream at the Mount Baldy snack bar. Um, then they practice karate, feed a deer, go fishing. <laughs> it's all the swimming. There's a whole lot of like they're living that outdoors California yeah, lifestyle. There's something I just it's hard. I don't read Arnold. As like a fatherly figure. Yeah, I no no one does. He's like, I mean, I don't think he was a family man at that point in his life yet. No. So I get it, and he's not really like an actor's actor. Right. But he was he was 37 or thereabouts when they right. were filming. But um 
Yeah, there's just nothing. It's like a big brother, little sister vibe that they have about them, if anything. Yeah. And there's, there's some, a whole lot of mouth kissing. Yeah, there's there's some weird like little pecks on the lips. It it gives me the same creepy feeling as I see like uh, Richard Dawson kissing ladies on Family Feud. <laughs> maybe just, you don't want it. Yeah, yeah it's just like no, mm-hmm. I'm with you. That anyway. whole that sequence though is bonkers, dude. Yeah, well, I mean they're the, very active. They, they spend are, a lot of time outside. When they are feeding that deer, <laughs> that is like what the hell is happening in this movie? They probably had that deer was like tethered. Like chained to whatever. They did a shit ton of activities that morning too. Do you think that was one day? Yeah, that was all before lunch. Yeah, and Arnold had been up since what four, cutting down trees. So he likes to get an early start. He gets up early. Well, when you keep three fireplaces burning <laughs> yeah, at all you, times, you, you got to keep the firewood you have a coming. A lot of firewood. <laughs> so we cut inside, and Jenny is making sandwiches. Sexist. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> well, he gives her chores. I appreciate that. Gives her responsibilities. Uh, Matrix walks in to get some juice. Uh, admires a handmade <laughs> card from Jenny on the fridge, and they get father daughter kiss number two. Yeah, it's a little weird. And then we get this weird, this weird bit where he picks up a magazine and he's reading about Boy George, and he yeah. makes this like snide remark. They should just call him Girl George and avoid all the confusion. Yeah, and then they try to save it by having Jenny be like, "Dad, that's so old." Yeah, it's like an old fashioned way of thinking. But it's like this movie wants to have it like that, like where we can say something offensive, and then. Say, yeah, we know it's offensive, but we said it anyway. Uh, He says then that when he was growing up in East Germany, so he grew up in the communist bloc, uh, he said that the communists said rock and roll was subversive. Maybe they were right. So it's some good (laughs) old-fashioned Reagan-era conservatism here at the top. I I like, um, at least this is a movie where they try to explain where... Like why the he talks like character that. came from. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's got, he's from East Germany. That's why he sounds like that. Right. I can, at least they made an effort. Yeah, totally. So they're eating mystery sandwiches made of whatever Jenny found <sighs> oh, in the fridge. Yeah. I don't even want to know. Yeah. Cause he's like, yeah. he seems to taste terrible. Yeah. Cause he's like, oh, what's in this? And she says, you don't want to know. I don't. What's it? I I want. I do want to know. (laughs) Well, suddenly Matrix. Maybe some. He hears something that we can't necessarily hear. Yeah. And Jenny sort of gets the vibe that he's hearing something. Um, and just as an, a helicopter that he's heard enters the valley, badass Jenny IDs it as military from She's a like, mile yeah. away. What's that army helicopter doing here? Um, she says, you're not going away, are you? You said you weren't going to go. And he says, no, nah, I promise you I'm never going anywhere. Yeah. So we get the, we get the, the idea that he's, he's had to leave on missions before. Mm-hmm. So now that's, I guess our first hint that he's. Got anything to do with the military right, or exactly, ever did. Exactly. Yeah. So the chopper lands smack dab in the backyard <laughs> and a general Kirby and two soldiers, Jackson and Harris, uh, get out and secure the area. Yeah. And Kirby's calling out for Matrix. Yeah. Like, John, John. Are you in there, John? Well, John stealthily sneaks around behind them, like pulls his yeah, disarms pistol, him, pulls his pistol out of his like side holster, sticks it in his back. <laughs> Which seems like a very uncool thing to do. Yeah, but but uh, Kirby's into it, and he's like, silent and smooth, just like always. <laughs> Which, those are skills that Matrix attributes to Kirby. So, yes. so they've got like a Rambo Troutman thing going yeah, on, like right very away. Very much so. It continues throughout, actually. I'm glad you pointed that out, because <laughs> yeah. I had not picked up on that vibe before. Yeah. This movie is very much, you know, it's not, let's just say it's not original. <laughs> 
<laughs> it uses a lot of familiar tropes. Some might even call it unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs> we would never deign. Not never. Um, never. So Kirby explains that he's there because someone's been killing all of Matrix. Ma- uh, so Kirby explains that he's <laughs> matrices, there. Matrices, man. Matrices. So Kirby's there. Uh, he explains because someone's been picking off Matrix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Kirby explains that he's there because someone's picking off Matrix. I can't say his name. Matrix's men. Matrix. You can do it. Okay. So Kirby explains that he's there because someone's been killing off uh, Matrix. It's going to be good for the for the blooper line. Oh, my God. Matrix's. Matrix is. Matrix is. Matrices team. <laughs> All right, let's try it one more time. So Kirby explains that he's there because someone's been picking off Matrix's team one by one, despite the fact that they were all given new identities. Yeah. So, so there's, there it, must be a leak. There must be a leak, right? So he's here to make sure that Matrix is safe and whatever. It's going to get him right. some protection, but they're like, it could be anybody. You've made enemies all over the world. It was like that type of right. uh, the, vibe. The whole planet's on the table. <laughs> um, we were going to make a normal life here. Now this, you love this bit. So he said he's going to leave the couple of soldiers behind. And then what's, uh, what's Kirby going to do? I'm going into the city to coordinate with the federal people. <laughs> Who is that? Who are the federal people? I can't. They're the federal people. Why? It's not even a thing. The federal people. The, you know, the federal people. Nothing. It's like witness protection type, like the U.S. Marshals or the FBI. Some government. Shady Some, government organization. Oh the God, men in the black. federal people. I, I like your theory that, that that was the line and they meant to go uh, back and change it, but it just yeah, never happened. Yeah, D'Souza wrote that in. He's like, I got to research later who it would be that they would go and talk to, and then they just never got around to oh fleshing that out. Yeah, so I don't know. As Kirby jumps in the chopper to fly away, instantly Matrix detects that something is wrong. Yeah, he, sense, he has that sixth sense. He can tell something is amiss. He scoops up Jenny, and he, like, makes a break to for the house right as gunfire opens up and like kills one of the soldiers yeah diaz pops up and right. he just like opens fire with the machine gun Diaz, the same diaz from the garbage murders and the other opening uh opening murders yeah and so he what he kills the one soldier right outright wounds the other one yeah jackson gets hit in the shoulder makes it inside matrix and jenny make it inside they said now Matrix sort of falls down on top of Jenny like they stumble through the door, right. which I don't think was supposed to happen. And I saw a thing where uh, Alyssa Milano had said that when they were filming that and Arnold fell down on top of her, like that she cracked some ribs. Uh, That's rough. They should have had a stunt person, no? I mean, maybe yeah. if you're not supposed to fall, then you don't yeah, think, think of it as dangerous. Yeah, that's rough. But yeah, I mean, I can imagine like she was probably weighed, what, 85 pounds max and had a 250 pound guy fall on her. That's rough. Yeah, that's big. That is rough. Yeah. So Matrix asks the soldier how bad he's hit. Find out the wound is manageable. So Matrix says he needs to go get his rifle from the shed. I love how quaint that sounds. Yeah. Like go get my rifle from the shed. You're picturing like a bolt action, you know, like. A farmer with his shotgun or something. An implement, something something (laughs) rustic. (laughs) From the shed, of course. Uh, Yeah, he tells the soldier to keep an eye out. (laughs) Keep a nose open. (laughs) (laughs) The the baddies will be coming. Um, And then then says the bit about, he knew knew they were there because he smelled them downwind. He said, remember, we're downwind, like their scent may tip you off or something. And the guy's like, 
what do you think I can smell them? And I Matrix did. is like, I did. Mm. Oh, he's a he's good. He's this real, Matrix. He's real, real good at this good. stuff. Matrix tells Jenny to go to her room and hide. Uh-huh. And he runs outside. Apparently, there's no one covering the backyard. He should have taken Jenny with him. No, I don't know. Maybe uh, he thought this was for the best. But why is no one covering the backyard? You mean more bad guys or yeah. good guys? Bad guys. I don't know. Yeah, like, no one opens fire when he runs outside. They should have been waiting. Anyway, Matrix goes to the shed and unlocks his safe in the back corner with the combination one three. <laughs> that's it. If you were starting at zero, double zero, and working your way up, that would be the fourteenth <laughs> combination you try. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so his shed is. Full of a fucking arsenal. Yeah, it's rad, dude. He's got the. It's like a fucking Charlton Heston's like wet dream in there. Yeah. He grabs a pistol and one the one rifle of many. He was thinking well, this about is a machine I guess. gun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Automatic know. rifle. I suppose it is a rifle technically. Yeah. Back in Jenny's room, somebody in boots comes in the room, and all we see is that like she's under the bed, and the, and then the vantage point is that we see the <laughs> boots, boots coming in. Yeah. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Matrix runs up the roof of his house. Yeah, he somehow is, he like can jump straight up on the roof. He's running across that kind of Spanish tile. Maybe he designed it like that. I don't Easy know. Easy access that from doesn't, outside yeah, from the maybe. shed to Jenny's room. <laughs> yeah. Easy. <laughs> I, I can't know. imagine, but he, it doesn't seem like he's meant to be running across the roof. Well, the layout of the house vexes me. Well, he, John Matrix built it. so <laughs> He built it by hand. Yeah. From, from trees he cut down. Yes. He's hand hewn. Yes. I'm that, with you. That house is custom. That's a Matrix original. <laughs> um, when he opens the door, the wounded soldier dead body has been propped up there and just falls out. They took the time to do that. It's a great the bad guys effect, yeah. And as he enters the room, Diaz is sitting in a chair with the card from the fridge. Aw. Nice touch, though. <laughs> Diaz. He tells him, hey, Matrix, we've got your daughter. Right. Uh, you're going to work with us or we're going to kill her. Sucks. Right. Matrix is sort of, he's halfway listening and he peeks out the window and he sees a couple of vehicles driving off down Some the Mercedes road. Mercedes and an 85 Chrysler minivan. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that was state of the art minivan at the time. Yeah, it was. Of course. Um, and that's when uh, Diaz says, you know, if you want your kid back, you got to cooperate, right? Wrong. Wrong. Bam. Blows him away. In the head. One shot. That is a risky move, right? For and Matrix, like you oh, yeah. may not catch these guys. And that was your only Lead. Your only link. Yeah. Also, that was the the first of many kiss off lines from John Matrix. Oh, dude. Yeah. Is the, the first yeah inkling that we get that he doesn't fuck around. The first in a in a fiesta, a parade of kiss off lines. So he he scrambles out into the driveway to his uh, his truck. It's a sweet ass Chevy Blazer, I think. Yeah, it's blue. It's awesome. Fucking awesome. He's expecting like I'll just hop in my truck and chase those guys down, but they've like whatever. They've disconnected his battery. Seems like cut his brake lines. Like right. it's all kind of jacked up under the hood. They're just wires randomly hanging out. Yeah, just loose wires. You he know. does not care. Kevin. He's not. He doesn't let that stop him. No. He just pushes that bitch a la Hercules <laughs> to the edge of the mountain, <laughs> and it is not a smooth ride down. This how many, is how many of those cars do you think that they wrecked or flipped? Oh man, half a dozen. That I mean, maybe the, the bounces that thing is taking is ridiculous. When he's pushing that thing, I feel like that's the well, no, that's not the first. That's the second like feet of strength. Yeah, that we've seen <laughs> feats from him. Of strength. I he's love got it. feats of strength throughout this film. 
He's carrying the log earlier. Now he can push a vehicle. Absolutely. This is the tip of the iceberg for the things we're going to see him do, though. Right. Um, but yeah, he is he is rocketing down the side of the mountain. Not slowing down. And we hear from the bad guys in the car that he's coming at us. No brakes. Yeah. So he misses them on the first pass. Rolls right by. Rolls right by him. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's that. But all you got to do is keep the car pointed downhill. <laughs> The thing was to me was so that, yeah, the, the Mercedes in the van, they hit a switchback. Right. And they're coming back. But Matrix has got to be going a lot faster down that mountain. Like, I think he would have already passed the next place to intercept them. Probably. By this Since point. he can't slow down. He can't slow down. He's going what looks to be 30 or 40 miles an hour. It's it's insanity. He's it's like craziness. bouncing and hitting like tree limbs and everything like that. It's a good advertisement for the Chevy Blazer. Yeah, that thing had some <laughs> suspension on it, didn't it? Yeah. Suspension of disbelief. Oh, <laughs> which is what you have to have to love this movie. Yeah. So Matrix almost hits them again, narrowly misses. Cook is in the minivan maybe, and he's like, he's going to hit us. No, I think he's driving the Mercedes. You think he's in the Mercedes? I think so. At any rate, yeah. Cook is in the car, and he's like, he's coming. He's going to hit us. And I'm like thinking... Or you guys could slow down, yeah. but they, they it doesn't have to they be this way. forward and they narrowly avoid a collision. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but he flips the blazer. It goes full auto flambe. It explodes. RIP. We, we understand that his rifle was also in that wreck. So he's got Aww. no gun. He crawls out, runs up unarmed to the take are, He's surrounded by armed men immediately. And he just wants to fist fight them all. <laughs> This Matrix, man, he doesn't back down. No. Uh, of course, he's quickly overwhelmed, and one dude pointed a gun on him and delivered, don't move, motherfucker. <laughs> the, the delivery was weird. I felt like in this whole sequence, it seemed like Matrix, from the time that he gunned down Diaz, through him fighting all these guys, like he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of regard for Jenny's life. Like yeah. He's sort of giving them every excuse just to go on and kill her. Right. If she's not already been killed, he's got one gear, Kevin, and that is on. That's a full, full steam <laughs> one <ahead>. mode. <laughs> yeah, unreal. He's like a machine. Like a and truck. it's at that point that a shocked Matrix sees Bennett walk up. He walks up and he's sort of he says hello, John, or something like that. He's like, I've been, you know, I've been waiting for this day uh-huh. or something. I I also seeing Bennett at this moment, I suddenly realized that none of Matrix's men are in particularly great shape, <laughs> except for maybe the caddy salesman. It's hard to tell in the I suit, know. but they all kind of. I wonder how, how long, long they've they... been on the shelf. I don't know. But yeah, they're all like the dude. Right, he's like broken a sweat when he's running down the yeah, driveway with, with the trash. The trash. Bennett was what would you say about a doughy? Yeah, he yeah. looked. He like yeah. It's just an observation. I don't know. No fat shaming. There's a little exposition here, like you were saying. Apparently, Matrix threw Bennett out of his unit, and yeah. Bennett's been waiting ever since for payback. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what today is? Payday. <laughs> and he produces a, a tranquilizer. A tranquilizer pistol. Yeah. And shoots uh, Matrix in the that chest. Instantaneously knocks him out. Damn. Those Instantaneously. Are some drugs. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that on upon first review of this. I was not blown away. Like I'd forgotten how over the top, like a truck, Bennett, <laughs> Bennett's character is. And I was not a fan. But then upon each subsequent viewing, I think he just fucking nails it. I think he, for this type of movie, you need a bad guy with that. He's crazy, pizzazz. man. He's crazy. <laughs> He's crazy, man. 
We've only just seen the beginning of what Bennett's capable of. That's right. I think so. Yeah. This is a this is a good place to leave off. We'll oh pick my. up cliffhanger. What's going to happen to Matrix? I don't know. You guys are going to have to tune in to find out. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Check us out next week. Check us out on social media and all that good stuff. And we'll be back. <laughs>